Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, episode 108 for those of you keeping score at home. In the studio today, Andy Brandt-Bernard and our special guest, Dave Bialke. And Tom's here too. And I'm here too. I'm just getting it out with my buddy Doug. <laughs> we'll be back after these exciting announcements from our sponsors. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant and we are back with stretches picks you know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Why is it when I come back for break, I got to hear Gelfand? What I the know. hell's that now? The dulcet tones of Mike Gelfand, the most what unique voice in radio. It's very unique, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I remember we hired him 30-some years ago, 33, 34 years ago, the general manager. You ever heard his voice, for God's sake? <laughs> that's the point. He's a very smart man, sounds like a normal guy. He's hysterical, too. I always thought he'd have just a little quip there. I thought I it was hysterical. Oh, I, God, He, yeah. he oh, was yeah. like oh, a, yeah. a fastball pitcher. He could mm-hmm. blow jokes oh, yeah. by people. They wouldn't mm-hmm. even They wouldn't yeah. even get it. It was always just a little one. You know, He wouldn't yeah. go on. It just a little one. And yep. I thought it was very funny. Very, very funny. Guy. Our guest in studio today, I've never actually met him face-to-face, is uh, Dave Bialke. I got to know him listening to the morning show and advertising <laughs> on there with Sanny. Uh, and then we got to be Facebook friends, and it's like, this is a really interesting guy, and he'd send me notes every once in a while, and I thought, we be perfect car-selling secrets guest. So the tradition, as you know, is we want uh, to hear about the story of your very first car. Now, make it as interesting as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's probably not as interesting as you're hoping, but uh, I'm going to actually tell you two stories, because okay. my first car wasn't really mine. It was the, uh, an old car my dad's. He'd, 
gave to me to uh, go to college. That was uh, the days of you had a beater, you went to college. Not like you know, kids nowadays. They always have some you know. Dude, new... my, my kids listen to the show and they're <laughs> in the beaters to college club. Yeah, there you go. Well, the, when we're talking beaters, uh, so I had this first car back it had been 1985. It was my second year of college. My dad gave me a a Dodge Cornette that he had. Oh my yeah. God, the Cornette. The Cornette, and it was you know. Possibly one of the homeliest vehicles that was ever made. <laughs> was it brown by any chance? Yeah, it was brown. Yeah. Oh, so, God! And, and so Dad had it many years, and then he sold it to my sister, then to my brother, and then he took it back, and so I had it. He said, you can take that to college. So we're he- I'm ready to head off for college. I got a trailer behind it. It's all hooked in there with all my stuff. I'm chomping the bit, ready to go to college, just ready to drive out the driveway, and my dad goes, hey, wait a minute, there's something wrong with it. And the back of the vehicle was slanted to one side. The trunk was slanted to one side. And I said, it's fine, Dad, let's go. No, 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 wait. And because I was just wanted to leave. You know, I just right. was all ready to drive off to college. Open up the trunk, and one of the springs had broken through the trunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, and he says, you can't go. I said, no, no, Dad, it's fine. He goes, no, you you're not. You weren't anxious to get away from home by <laughs> I was so excited to go off to college, and uh, it was my second year of college. Yeah. And so the spring is broken through, and I, I just, I'm worried that now I'm going to be stuck at home for however long. You know? <laughs> so my dad says, "Let's see what we can do." So went out, we uh, back in the storage shed, got a piece of pipe, probably 16 inches long. I love your dad already. <laughs> and some was there duct tape involved? Uh, no duct tape, okay. but a lot of wire. Oh, right. So what we did is he had me crawl underneath, and I put the this pipe. So the spring came up against the pipe instead of, you know, it had broken through the trunk. That's how rusty this thing was. Right. So he had to go far enough so it would hit some of the structure of the car. Like the gas tank, something. Yeah, like yeah, that. something like that, yeah. And <laughs> wired that thing in, uh, just, you know, wire everywhere just to make sure that it would stay there indefinitely. And and then we're all ready to go, and I took off to college. And then I went from being upset with my dad for holding me back. I'm like, you know, Dad, I want to go so bad. we got to fix this. So then I was really grateful. And I said, you know, Dad, I'm glad we got this thing going. And he says, I grew up on a farm. There's amazing things we can do with a, a, a piece of pipe and some uh, uh, wire. Yeah, you know, you got to be creative to keep those tractors running. So yeah, what was the true. second car? So that was the first one that actually just kind of had. But then yeah. the second one, actually, the, the first one I owned, that would have been a, a year later. And of all cars, again, you got to go back to about 1986, it would have been. It was a Renault. Oh, my God. <laughs> and oh, it was, was a Renault. Was it a LeCar? It was a Renault 18i. Oh, okay. Which there are not Slightly very many of them. Slightly better than the LeCar, but not yeah, much. Not much. And I had that thing for about uh, almost two years. And I never had any problems with it, you know, because Renault had a really bad uh, uh, history on. <clears throat> You know, mechanical and all yeah. that, and I never had a problem with. It. Of course, I didn't put a ton of miles because I was uh, at college, but I still use this, and I shouldn't say this public, but I say it anyways. <laughs> yeah, the things to remember your, your, you know, your bank or whatever. Yeah. Your password. Yeah. What's your first car? I picked Renault because nobody would ever, nobody's ever, gonna ever guess that, guess that right. my first car was a Renault, and. So I had that thing for like two years, and it was it was actually a very nice looking car. It wasn't the most masculine looking car, but <laughs> I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't in the future have something like that. But uh, you know, it's been a long time since that. But it was it was a good car. It got me through a couple of years of college. And 
I, I, it made me remember something that I'd forgotten. That back in 86, I was general sales manager at Walzer Mazda, and we'd taken a, I think it was a Peugeot 505. It was a little bigger sedan in on trade. And this guy comes in and he wants to buy it. It was David Jennings, who at the time was the speaker oh, yeah. of the house. Really nice guy. And I thought, you really want to buy this thing? <laughs> so we were going to wholesale it, but he's like, no, I just I love this car. So really? David Jennings or no? The you know, great about 18 that. is like 80s car. Yeah. When yeah. I think 80s car, that's the car I think of. I don't know why. It's like the stereotypical, every car back then looked exactly like that. And I think it was, I don't think the ink was dry in the buyer's order that Renault decided to pull out of the U.S. after David drove off the lot. Right. And so all the dealerships closed down. I think mm. Randy Lee, who owns White Bear Lincoln Mercury, had a, had the Renault franchise in town here. R-E-N-A-U-L-T, right? Yeah. Yep. We hey, have Charlie on the phone. I have a question for you before we go to Charlie. Okay. Um, I use the fact that it's interesting you're talking brought up passwords, right? Because I use the password for a couple of things, not for everything, but it's the most misspelled English word in the world. Sonambulist? We'll see if you... Oh, good. That's <laughs> somnambulist. You have to say it properly. No, there, there is a word. Do you guys happen to know what it is? The most misspelled English word there is. No it could idea. be misspelled. There? <laughs> well, that's right. one of them. That <laughs> that, is that, that's one of them. A, you're right. That is one of them. screw me up all the time. Everybody. Yeah. Screws up everybody. Anyway, we'll go to Charlie. We'll get back. We'll see if you guys can guess. Which I thought, Andy, you might know what it is. Pro, well, I'm but misspelled is a good guess, yeah. by the way. It's probably there. There, yeah, there, and there. there. But that's you use the wrong one. Exactly. Technically, it depends on your definition of misspelled, yeah. Hey there. How about Albuquerque? That's got to be up there. Charlie, what's going on? Charlie's misspelled all the time. Yeah, I would I would put uh, Albuquerque uh, up at the top of the mess. <laughs> it took me a while to, yeah. Sure. Albuquerque, Quirque. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I thought I would just check in and uh, say hi to you guys and and update Doug on my uh, engine debacle that uh, oh, I had with my Titan I, I bought up there last December. And Go ahead, tell us. I know the story, I, but Tom's yeah. like, what did you do to Charlie? Well, how old is the car? He's <laughs> like two years old. And there's something wrong with yeah, it? it? Let him tell the story. What did you do, Doug? That's why we had him call in, not Way to, to go, listen. Doug. He what, could what just he... listen without calling. God, your wife is right. Yeah, I don't you ruin to, everything. I don't need to be interviewed about this. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go but, ahead. Yeah, it's a, it's a 2017 Titan. Uh, you know, when I bought it uh, from Walzer, it had, you know, 27,000 miles on it. Um, everything was fine. I drove it home. I even took a road trip to uh, Indiana in May uh, for the 500 and uh, and drove back here. Uh, you know, worked fine. But then uh, after I got back home uh, for a couple weeks, uh, I, the check engine light came on, and uh, which was pretty good timing actually. I had a uh, appointment to have my oil changed at the local dealer here, so I took it in and they checked out the the. the the warning light and when i went to pick it up they said uh, hey by the way have you been hearing a, a ticking noise from your engine and i said yeah as a matter of fact i have and he says well i think you're going to need a new engine well, and that's yeah and uh instead of having a heart attack i knew i was covered because of walzer care yeah. thank you doug and uh so i i didn't uh, lose it uh, at that point 
But I said, well, okay. And, uh, yeah, they said there was some service bulletin about some uh, engine issue, uh, oil jets or some such thing. And I said, well, fine. So, uh, anyway, I, uh, I brought it back the following Monday morning, dropped it off. They had it about four weeks, uh, got everything put together, buttoned up. I picked it up. Everything's cool. Uh, runs great. No chicken. And... Uh, uh, the good news is for you, Doug, is and for Paul, I suppose as well, <laughs> is that uh, Nissan picked up the tab. Oh, really? So uh, we, we we didn't have to to uh, use the Walzer Care. Uh, so you can let Michael Bryant know that I will not usurp his level of Walzer Care. Well, uh, I, I don't know. I I don't think I've talked about this on the morning show, but <clears throat> we're catching up to Michael Bryant in the Sprinthal household. The Chrysler's uh, Sarah's gangster, OG gangster ride needed a $6,500 transmission last oh. week. But it was covered, yeah, wow. so that is, uh, you know, a lot of people go, ah, just hold that whole thing's bullshit. But actually, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it it's if a you great need a value. new engine yeah. dropped in there. You're going to want it. Yeah, you what know, and, and it brings up a good point because if you look at uh, websites, so on and so forth, dealers are always trying to sell extended warranties. It's it, it is, is an income stream. Yep. And people are like, oh, it's such a terrible ripoff and blah, 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 blah. Actually, it is a profit center for a dealership. I, I, mean, I would be lying if I said that it wasn't. But it's also true that 85 to 90 percent of the dollars that we take in on those policies gets paid out in claims. So yeah. it's it's a, you're always taking a gamble. And there's no cheap cars to fix anymore. Everything's mm-hmm. either kind of expensive or completely obnoxious, right? So, yeah. But thanks, Charlie. I'm, I'm glad that it worked out for you, and even gladder that Nissan picked them. They must have had a problem with those motors or something. I, and I hadn't heard yeah, about yeah, that because was, those V8s in the Titans, you know, they don't sell a lot of those, but it's also the, the engine that powers the Armada, I believe. And then the Infiniti QX50, is that the big uh, sport uh, SUV? And you don't hear much about those in terms of breaking down, but they, they must have enough of a problem that they're going to cover it. So that's that's wonderful. Yeah, well, Nissan was aware of it, so it was certainly some sort of design flaw for that year. Maybe they just put the crappy motors in the yellow trucks. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you can thank me later for not referring to it as lemon yellow. <laughs> hey, I, I, when I was running the Dodge store, uh, we had just a killer lease deal on uh, Ram quad cabs. It was like $200 as a sign and drive. It was ridiculous. It was a Hemi, and it was just, this is in 2005 or so, and my son was five or six years old. I said, I'm going to get a pickup truck. Oh, Dad, can I pick out the color? I said, sure. He picked out a yellow one at first. I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> it looked like a highway department worker. But I put the Rumblebee stripes on the back and then a you know a cat-back exhaust system, so it sounded kind of badass. I realized the value of owning a yellow vehicle. When you come out of the uh, Walmart or Target and you're driving a silver Chrysler minivan and you don't remember where it is, you can be wandering around for days looking for your car. <laughs> but if you have a yellow That's Ram quad true. cab with Rumblebee stripes on the back, you can see it from three miles away. It's just <laughs> awesome. Yep, I've found that to, to be true for sure. All right, bud, we're going to let you go. we got to interrogate uh, the attorney here. The attorney. Okay, no problem. Great thanks, Charlie. You and thanks again see you, Charlie. Charlie, when are you coming to town again? 
not sure, but hopefully I'll be able to uh, make it out to Nashville. Uh, that's what I'm looking oh, at Oh, God, that'd be yeah, great. Go that'd be wonderful to see you, Charlie. Thank you. Okay. Have a good Talk day. to you soon. Charlie in Albuquerque, not from Albuquerque. In Albuquerque, yeah. not from Al- when is when is Albuquerque. this year? Uh, November eleventh. It's yeah, November eleventh yeah. through the fifteenth. I'm going to be in Israel. Oh, for they don't want you over there. I already well, talked I think, to Israel. I said, don't send yeah, him over yeah. here. Me and Alan are going, so it'll be fun. David, let's talk about your practice. I, I know the answer to these questions, but but what do you do for a living? I'm an attorney. I do workers' compensation law. I represent injured workers on their, you know, for their workers' comp claims, denied claims from the start or later on, denied medical bills or you know wage loss periods that the insurance company is not voluntarily paying. Then I help them uh, get the benefits. And so, where did you, where did you go to law school? Where did you get your degree? I went to University of Nebraska. Okay, uh, a little unusual because I grew up in northern Minnesota, and I just. Oh, yeah. um, um, it was a good school and got accepted there. I thought I'd try something different. So I went down to Nebraska for three years and then came back to Minnesota. But Where did you undergrad at? At Moorhead State. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're from, are you from the range? Is that right? Uh, no, I'm from Park Rapids, oh, okay. which is Ooh, north, north, yeah, the gateway north, north the central. Yeah. yeah, that is a That's, beautiful area. What's the town right there again? That's where Terry's, Uncle Terry, your Uncle Terry's cabin is. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> I've been there in like twenty years. I've never been there, so at least you were invited. Yeah, I you thought know. you were there when we went there when I was like a teenager. I don't think so. You remember the name of the lake? No, no. Okay. Lake something. Cedar by Detroit Lakes or something. Area. Who knows? I have no idea. But no, that's a great area up there. That is a really nice area up there. So, what got you interested in that part of the law? Well, it was kind of default. I was working at a small law firm and uh, doing a little bit of workers' compensation and then personal injury. And I only worked there for like six months right out of law school. I'd been there working summers during law school, and then the two attorneys split. So I was in the middle and needed a job. So this is 29 (laughs) years ago. And uh, a a firm that did workers' comp defense Mm -hmm. offered me a job, and I started working there. I went there for nine years, and then I flipped sides completely 20 years ago. So it really wasn't like the area that I'd always wanted to be a workers' comp attorney, but uh, it fell into that and liked it and did well in it, and there here I am. My little my little sister uh, practices as well, and her first job she described as uh, defending insurance companies from the little guy. <laughs> but I'll tell you, <laughs> and this is really nice. kind of a it's a sad story, and you you might remember the case, but it probably goes back 25 or 30 years. Uh, there was a fire in North Carolina at a chicken processing plant. I do remember and that. It's one of the, they locked the, they locked people, the doors. Yeah, they locked it, yeah. the door, and 25 oh, or 30 yeah. people God. died. Oh, yeah. Where was that? North Carolina. Really? My sister Jesus. graduated from Duke, and that was her first job out of college. Well, they, 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 had, the, they had locked the doors because they people were stealing chickens yeah. right. out yeah. the back. So they just oh. they said you have to go out the front, and then yeah, it was horrible. They chained up uh, the emergency uh, exit yeah. or something. It's yeah. like yeah. the Triangle Shirt Fire, and mm-hmm. yeah, exactly the exact same thing. Yeah. So what what her got her out of that firm was that I think it was a Saturday, and that Sunday the the partners got all, every, all the attorneys together for an emergency meeting. And the guy thought it was funny to cheer, uh, serve uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. 
Oh, God. And then Carolyn realized that her job was to go to dirt, poor, rural North Carolina families and try to convince them that $20,000 was a lot of money. So she switched sides. (laughs) Medical malpractice now. But it is is interesting the way the system's set up. Um, What's it like fighting with insurance companies? And the reason that I asked is I didn't really realize how complicated our health system was in this country until I actually needed to use it in the last year. Mm-hmm. It's just mind-numbing. I mean, what's a, how do you go after insurance companies? I mean, what's the process? Well, in workers' compensation, we have a, a separate court system in Minnesota that's just workers' comp. Mm-hmm. So there's like 22 judges. And that's all they do is they hear workers' comp cases because it's a very technical system. It's yeah. a different language. It's a, and so you can't just like dabble in it. You either do it or you don't. Oh, yeah. And so uh, <coughs> so we have a it, – it's a pretty specific process to file a claim. But, it, uh, but it's – like I said, it's not – it's not something that attorneys just do a little bit of it because it's a complete different area. It's its own animal. So, so there's 22 judges, and all they do is listen to work comp. That's all they do. Yep. That's roughly uh, how many are filed in in Minnesota in a year. Do you oh, know? I'm sure there's thousands. I mean, there's well, there's workers comp claims made, but then litigated claims are only 10 to 20 percent of of work comp claims. I mean, if you, you hurt yourself. File a first report of injury. Yeah. The insurance company contacts you. They pay you for your three weeks off work, and yeah. then you go back working. Uh, they pay the medical bills, and then the case is ultimately closed. That's the vast majority of claims. It's the claims that people have an ongoing issue, that they their back is still hurting, their doctor has restrictions on them. The insurance company sends them to their doctor who says he's released without any restrictions. Then we have a dispute. That's what I get involved with i got a boating buddy who's a, a, a private investigator works for insurance companies and you know tries to find people that are faking injuries all the time it's pretty interesting work yeah i talk yeah my clients when i meet them and then later on same thing i just you know just assume you're being watched because insurance companies they do hire these guys like your friend there yeah. and they yeah. in the resolution these days when i when I was a defense attorney 25 years ago, you'd have some grainy, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, that someone would actually the other side of the room trying to film them. These days, they can be a third of a mile away. Yeah. It's like you and I, yeah. five feet away here. I mean, the, the resolution yeah. is unbelievable. And yeah. so I tell my clients, when you're outside your house, assume someone's watching you. Troy told me a story about a guy who would claim disability because of back injuries. He had him video videotaped him water skiing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all in the legs and arms. Yeah, right? yeah that's right. As long as you're using the right posture, you really don't involve your back muscles very much at all. Oh, boy. We better take a quick... Actually, we got another minute here. So, no, 21. So, whatever you so want to do, Doug. It's show? your show. Well, let's I mean. just take a break now because I get a... a, a um, Blow my nose. Yeah. No, I don't have to poop, but thank you. (laughs) We'll be right back after these exciting announcements. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. 
Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom here for all my friends at Profile. We are running out of summer and rolling into fall. Kids are back in school, and now it's time to finally do something for yourself. So maybe you're thinking it's time to get back on track with your health. Well, Profile can really help you out. Profile has a variety of plans to fit any budget, and Profile really works. I've been on the program for over six months. I've lost a ton of weight. I feel so good right now, and it's time for me to maintain taking all that weight off. You know what I'm talking about. Danette, my personal coach, will help me maintain my weight loss. She has so far done a great job. Profile has helped me and can help you too. So what are you waiting for? Set up an absolutely free, no obligation consultation today, and you will be glad you did. Visit ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities for more details. In fact, use promo code Tom Barnard and save 100 bucks off your Profile membership. What a deal. Check out ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities. That's ProfilePlan.com. Hey, I just got out of the meeting. I can't even tell you how different it was from what I expected. Well, you know, I'm uncomfortable interviewing in the first place, but I didn't feel that way there. Everything they said made sense to me. Yeah, and Priority is the largest same-day delivery company in the Twin Cities. And after all these years of doing it for someone else, I'm ready to be part of something bigger. A job? That's what I have now. You know I need more. Driving is what I do, and Priority Courier Experts is where I want to do it now. I know, and that's the best thing about it. I could never afford to buy a truck like that on my own. But tomorrow, because they believe in my skills, I'm taking out the first brand new truck that I'm going to own on the last payment. I can't wait to be in their fleet. I can't wait to be the next expert on the road. After 20 years of driving side-by-side on the road with these guys, of course I'm excited. And all I did was check out Priority.com. Easy. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. We are back. Episode 108 of uh, Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. David, i got a question for you. This is a KQ question. How exactly did you get Bob Sansevier to be your spokesman? Yes, <laughs> Did you, did like you just walk in and say, I'd like to advertise on your station, and they went, okay, let's see who's available. That's Sandy's day. <laughs> Sandy. <laughs> Sandy, his number's up. Uh, no, I represented his wife in a work compact. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, probably... At least ten, maybe twelve years previous. Can you talk about? Is he? Is can you share what happened? And if it's confidential, I understand. You know, I don't know if it's. It's not really confidential. Okay. I mean, I won't say anything specific to her. But she had had a work comp injury in her employment, and uh, they they were actually represented by someone at the time. They weren't happy with them, and mm-hmm. then they got my name from someone else. And first time, you know, you're talking about saying the first time I met him. We, I met both him and Mary at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and he intimidated me. <laughs> Bob? <laughs> which, I'd be more was, scared of Mary, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he was a little intimidating to me, which is unusual because I don't intimidate yeah. easily. And he was a little intimidating. And But then we started off on the you know, right foot and, yeah. and ended up doing a very good job for her. He was very happy with what or They were both very happy with what he did. And, and then later on, I was kind of looking at advertising on, on KQ, and I was talking to the rep that, that uh, was 
you know, arranging yeah. things. And she said, and then all of a sudden she she mentioned Sansevier. I go, well, I represented his wife. She was perfect. Yeah, it actually is perfect. That mm-hmm. works really well. I, I met, I've known Bob for a long time, but I met Mary at Alex's wedding. And we sat mm-hmm. at a table with the Sansevieres and Tony Lee and Rachel and, oh, and yeah. uh, JB, I think. And she yeah. was just a, she was a pistol. Oh, yeah. I think you told, I the first, at their wedding, didn't she introduce herself and then stick her whole fist in her mouth? Yes, she did. <laughs> she stuck her whole fist in her mouth. <laughs> Which now everybody listening to this is, is oh, doing to yeah, try to I see the two it. knuckles. Trying to size yeah. it up. Wow. I think it's a lot easier for women. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> women out there that can stick your fist in your mouth, call in 561-228-4061. We need a poll. Yeah, text in, text in Y if you can and N if you can't, and then we'll tally it up at the end. Yeah, Dave, we're in the uh, we're in the buffet, and you get our little chow and all the rest of it. She's wearing her wedding gown, the whole deal. She goes, "Hey, Tom, look." Sticks her fist in her mouth. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, what the hell? That family has single handedly driven up health care costs in the country. I mean, they're always getting injured out there on the farm. Somebody falls off a horse or gets stomped on. Yeah. You got an Italian from New Jersey where lives on a farm. I know. It's what so the funny. Hell? What's wrong with you? And he's, uh, what is the kind of horse racing he does? The one with a buggy in the back? Oh, yeah. I yeah, don't remember does, what yeah. it's called. But. A- Chariot racing? Yes, I don't, I don't it looks like that. Name, but it does his, look like I that. I've seen yeah. the videos of it, and it looks ben like that. Yeah, he's like some sort of chariot champion. It just it is interesting, a kid from New Jersey. Well, should let just, everybody know, by the way, that Bob Sansford is one of the nicest people I've ever yeah. met. He's just a great guy, but all we do is pick on him, and I'm the number one guy picking on him. So and and we go. found the one person in the universe that is intimidated by Bob. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dave, you got well, you're the well, back then, I, I got, uh, quickly got over that, but that was my first time meeting him. He controlled the deal here, and I'm used Fanny. to, you know, when I meet with a client, yeah, I, I right. tell him, you're what, the boss. this is going to go on yeah. this way, whatever, and I'm just kind of standing there. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> Sanny. And you're on his, you're, you do his podcast as well once a week? I do every uh, Tuesday morning. Um, I do his podcast. Yeah, I'm like a 15 minute segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Okay, so I got to ask you one of the things that, that Dave and I talked about on Facebook was I mentioned, and I just, I guess my whole life's kind of an open book, I was having back surgery and. I don't remember if he asked who was going to do it. And I said, "Yeah, I've found this little Colombian dude, which is he's about the size of my uh, size of my wife. Sarah's four eleven. And I said, "I think that's what you want in a neurosurgeon. You don't want the ex football player with the big hands." No, probably. <laughs> and he goes, "That's cool. Uh, get his name. My wife's Colombian. So how did you meet a Colombian woman? Uh, College met, or no? We met online years ago. Really? Yeah." I was on a uh, like a Match.com type thing, uh-huh. and there's a little icon on the side, and it said, uh, "Meet Colombian women." Click here. So, what do you do? You click there. What are you right. like, coffee? Yeah. Or yeah. What, what? And uh, so she had opened up. She was in Colombia at the time, and uh, she opened up to international, and and we met. And I went down to Colombia several times, and over a course of about a year and a half, we dated, and then she came over here, and. And she's in our November. We'll be married eight years. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. I well, that's a great story because yeah, it's, you know it's, usually when you think click here to meet women yeah, somewhere, mm-hmm. I would have never clicked on it's that. Right. Personally, normally a trap of some well, sort. Have you ever seen the TV show Ninety Day Fiance? 
Uh, my wife watches that. I okay. usually run from the room. I <laughs> run away. That, my 800-pound yeah, right. life. She has a whole host of... If she wants some alone time, she'll like, hey, come on down here. Let's watch TV together. <clears throat> I'm out the door. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's the same program we went through. Where when she comes here, then you got ninety days from the date she lands in the United States. You got oh, ni- ninety yeah. days to get married, or she goes back. Oh, and okay. See, we, we, I thought it was a game show or something. No, sort. no, it's it's just so tra- it's an immigration. Yeah, st- it's like thing. an official federal policy, or yeah, that's the the oh. INS has this that the, huh. they allow that, and it's very weird. It, <laughs> but you watch the show, and there's no way, no way in hell we could be on the show. We're too boring. Yeah, we're we're just normal people, you know. Well, my, you, you don't my, make good. TV. We don't make, and the people on there are crazy, and it, it, both the Americans and the ones from the other country, and it doesn't matter if they're women, men, they're all crazy. Yeah. No, I think the one I watched was some seventy-year-old dude from I don't know Idaho and a twenty-year-old Russian oh, woman. Yeah. I'm like, there's a match made in heaven. <clears throat> what would you talk about? You know, I, yeah, your your wife's twenty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I have noticed because I know I think God five six people that are married to Colombian women. Hmm. You Do can you find really? a you can find a good looking Colombian woman. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, yeah, they're they, very they, pretty they, women. Very, my wife's very beautiful and she's very smart and yeah. everyone likes her. And she wound up with you. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I ask myself the same thing every so often. I understand. Well, she uh, must have been relatively fluent in English when she came here. I would assume. Uh, you know, she was. I wouldn't even say relatively fluent. She was. Um, she knew English, but. You know, it was a bit of a struggle, but what she did was she just just immersed herself right into it. That she makes was sense, yeah. never afraid to make a mistake and uh, just talk to people, and and within about two months, she was completely fluent. That's wow. a problem a lot of people mm-hmm. have when they go to foreign countries or, like, live in foreign countries is they'll go to, like, uh, you know, if you're, well, let's say if you're a Czech, you'll go to uh, New Prague and you'll speak Czech with all the other Czechs mm-hmm. and you never learn English. And then, you know, it's two generations later and you're kind of like stuck in this little bubble. People are afraid to immerse themselves in an unfamiliar culture because it's scary and it is. But, you know, you'll thank yourself a few years down the line when you can actually like, you know, exist in this new society. Yeah, I think that people other than Americans are much better at it than we are. I'm just, you know, half of our development team is in Israel, and all of them speak. It's with an accent, certainly, but pretty much flawless English. I mean, all of them. They get all the idioms. They know all the mm-hmm. jokes. They know why this is funny and why that isn't. It's well, that's because English is the universal language yeah. at this point. God, if you yeah, if you ever go to Japan or if you just like you know pay attention to Japanese culture. Half of their words are just English words pronounced with a Japanese accent. Where is Mecca Donaldo's? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Mecca Donaldo's. Mm-hmm. That's real nice. Sorry. It's true. thought it was funny. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was funny. Well, it, yeah, our, our great-grandkids will all be speaking Chinese if that holds tr- to be true. We'll see what happens. Oh, they will be. I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. Yeah. It's like I how when I was growing up, everyone was like, oh, you got to learn Spanish because, you know, we're right next yeah. to Mexico and you know, the, con- the cultures are so intertwined, it'll be so useful. I learned Spanish, didn't use it for 15 years, now it's gone forever. Yeah. I have a feeling my kids are going to be like, uh, you got to choose between Mandarin and Cantonese. Right. I'm going to say Mandarin, but it's up to you. Yeah, I remember as a kid in the 60s in Massachusetts, there was no option of what foreign language you learned. They just, just taught everybody. Spanish. No, they taught everybody French. Really? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that was incredibly valuable in huh. the rest of my life. For us, it was Spanish or French. 
French we got to choose. Yeah, and I it chose wasn't the more until middle school that then they had Spanish and German and French. But mm. grades, grade school kids all learned French, French in the 60s. I never had any, mm. and I, I'm glad the system has changed and now they're requiring it because I think it, I really wish I knew another language. Yeah. But I've tried, you know, I, now that I obviously have a Spanish speaking mm. wife, I've tried to learn Spanish, but at, when you get in your 50s, it's, it's difficult. Different, different you're, deal. Yeah, yeah, your your brain is not wired to. That's exactly to op right. Open to new things. Yeah, Just tell her to stop speaking English entirely. Yeah. You'll learn quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll pick it right up. Let's move uh, to Bogota. See how long it lasts. Yeah, necessity I, uh, is the mother of invention and also learning. My brother-in-law took. He's really an interesting guy. He's a he's an ER doc and in Denver, but he took two years out of med school to get a PhD in history. And he studied uh, how the Spanish brought diseases uh, from Europe to South America. So he spent six months reading all this old stuff in Spain, and then he went to Bogota, and this is in the early 90s, we're like, Andy, it's <laughs> like the most dangerous city in the world at that time. At that time, I think yeah. things, mm -hmm. things have changed down there a little bit from what I understand. and. And on top of that, he's from El Paso, Texas, and he kind of looks like Lyle Lovett. You know, he's just kind of crazy hair everywhere and just stand out like a sore thumb. So, But he survived. But it's, it's interesting. Well, it's changed a lot in Colombia. Yeah. I mean, it still is. Uh, it's got some dangerous areas. Yeah, you got right. When you're down there, you got to mm -hmm. you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself. But I've been to Colombia 22 times. And wow! I never had a bad experience. Oh, wait, I, wait. I love the country. You say the Colombia's a little dangerous. It's... The, so it's not like the very safe Minneapolis. Yeah, really. <laughs> right. Jesus, do you ever think that would happen? Oh, yeah. I, it's I, a heartbreaker. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just amazing. I, when I was a little kid, I used to walk from Plymouth Avenue downtown. I'm 10 years old. Walk from Plymouth Avenue, walk downtown, spend all day downtown, walk back mm -hmm. home. Nobody ever bothered me. And I was 10. Yeah. Well, maybe I wasn't the kind of guy they wanted to talk to. They might have had the deal going. <laughs> we don't want you down here. No, I, I just, it does break my heart, though. It really does. The fact that you go down to Minneapolis, you go looking over your shoulder constantly. Yeah, you got to be, although it seems, maybe I'm being Pollyanna-ish, but it seems like people are starting to go back downtown. I was God, really I worried so. during COVID that it was going to be the end of the city. Well, Target's not coming back no, until they're 2022. No, yeah. But some of the other uh, employers are reopened offices down there. The restaurant business seems to be picking up a little bit, and yeah, it's good because it, it would have really broken my heart to see that get turned into a ghost town. It would have, and it wouldn't have been great for the economy either. No. I I talked to uh, attorneys I know that are work for insurance companies. They they're at large sure. law firms and yeah. they uh, represent insurance companies, and they've gone essentially staff. All their staff is at home, and they. God. They're saying we're, it's going to be permanently this way. It's working for us. Unbelievable. So that's you think of all you know these large law firms. They're they're huge presence in in oh, downtown yeah. Minneapolis, oh, yeah. and they're they're not coming back. Wow. When their lease is out, they're not coming back. Really? Yeah. You know, they're going to then you know, make it much smaller. Just have a few people right. there, and everyone else right. is at home. They're, they said it's working for them. We were talking on the first hour uh, with a guy. Uh, and I, I'd mentioned a, it's software, it's an app called um, Sneak that allows employers to take pictures of their at-home workers every minute. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh and, you know, because that was the paranoia, I think, that business owners, upper-level management had when COVID hit. It's like, what are people just 
stop working. Well, it doesn't seem like they did. Productivity didn't go down, but then there's, uh, and obviously it, they're not, if a business uses that application, it's not a secret. The employees know. They would need to know. But yeah, who, would, I, yeah. who the hell would sign up yeah. for that? And how many pictures of do you want of people going, yeah. when that happens to snap the picture when you got your finger and you're up to the knuckle number oh, two? Oh, you know, you got Jim Acosta whacking a mole. Right, <laughs> right so yeah. That was, that was a nice touch. Well, I just ran some quick numbers here. Okay. Uh, Minneapolis homicide rate is 300 per 100,000. Uh, Columbia is 26 per 100,000. Okay, but so what about Bogota? Is, well, I don't know about Bogota in particular. Twelve times higher. Yep, twelve <laughs> times higher than Columbia. Oh, oh so. God, it's a heartbreaker. But, 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 but if you measure a urban murder rate with a rural one, I think it's always going to come out. And you're measuring a city against an entire country. So let's look up Bogota just out of curiosity. I'm trying to, but they don't really do that there, I don't think. What, murder people? None of your, be- no, none <laughs> of your beeswax. <laughs> <laughs> At least they don't report it in English. They must so. have killed everybody. Yes, everyone is dead. Everybody's There's out. no one left to murder. The cocaine cartels whacked everybody in 1992. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what's another big city in Colombia? What's the biggest uh, city? Well, the biggest would be Bogota. Uh, Medellin, Medellin is probably the second largest. Oh, here That's we go. That's where the cartels uh, all are, so <laughs> run away. Well, according <laughs> Which to is this, very beautiful city. According oh, yeah. to oh, this that's the most beautiful sorry, city in Colombia. Bogota's particular homicide rate is 13 per 100,000. So it's actually half of Colombia's average. Which is interesting. Wow. So Bogota is doing really well. How do you spell Medellin? Well, Medi- we don't arrest oh, anybody anymore. M-E-D-E-L-L-I-N. I got it. Thanks to autocorrect. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, well, in the early 90s, it was 400 per 100,000. Oh, yeah. That was, which, the, that was the old days. Well, I mean, if you consider that was its peak in the 90s, and that's only 30% higher than Minneapolis right? last year. Right. I mean, that's actually that was all drug really right? bad yeah, for Minneapolis. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Minneapolis is less safe by far than Columbia. There you go. <laughs> wow. Your wife's going to leave you. Go yeah, back home. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, we need I'm to get the hell out of here. I listened to the show today. And, uh, bye, bye. <laughs> bye. It's too dangerous here. We can, we can apply for a job with the Columbia Board of Tourism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We what take care of it. What was that Dudley Moore movie years ago with Daryl Hannah when he was a, he was a, a madman, a mad, uh, Madison Avenue ad exec that went crazy? God, he wound up in that? a nut house, and then he started an advertising agency with all the mental patients, and they they came up with slogans like, Jaguar, it's too small to have sex in it, but you can have sex near one. And come, to, come to New York, we had fewer murders this year. <laughs> really funny well, stuff. I can't remember the name of the film. I, I love Dudley Moore. Was. He was great. Oh, he was very, very funny. I do not remember that movie at all. Okay, Imagine. back to something you brought up earlier. Most misspelled uh, word and did you come up with it? No. Why not? I, I'm not telling you what it is. Well, until I, you said, come up with I it. said something and I actually mispronounced it. I don't remember what it was. Somnambulist or yeah. whatever you said. Oh, so, yeah, somnambulist is what you meant. That's a good one. Yeah, because you spell it all the time, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. You like never. Right. <laughs> Nobody ever. So does. what's the answer? I'm not telling you. You're gonna have to come up with it. I'm not giving you my password. That's your you? password? Yes, that's oh, why. why that's how we you, got on the topic of it. Why, why would you bring it up, by then? You think he ever listens to the show? <laughs> what? Melissa, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what's the most misspelled word in the English language? And Dave said misspelled, which he was very close, because it is one of the most misspelled words. Misspelled. Misspelled. Honestly, any of the 
your, your, and your. Well, we thought yeah, I said here, there, and there. So <laughs> that's just that's misuse. That's not but misspelling. They can be using the wrong word, just, in the wrong tense. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. not a spelling issue. That's a. I don't know. Some people, I think, issue. they're all the same. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. No, you can look at me all you want. I'm not telling you. I'm not giving uh, you my. And password. that's your password, the most misspelled word. Why, in a couple of places, not all of them. So it's not big. But Daddy, fifty-six. <laughs> you know what I Only love is when, when people back at it. When you started using passwords, you would just go. You sit down and go, "Oh, okay." But and you go, "Well, how'd you get into my account?" Because I knew you'd put Go Vikes. That's why. <laughs> right. Yeah. I knew that's what you're going to put as your password. KDWB. Yeah, KDWB. There you go. I just, I just gave up when I entered the Google universe. I just used the suggested password. Oh, with all the yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, it's, Plus and the minus and the because I realized dashes. I was using the same one for all of my accounts. I'm like, yeah, that's some of them. It doesn't really do matter. Yeah, but right. when you've got your bank of stuff online, you you don't want to screw around with that. I have that. a question. Yeah, maybe I should ask Davis as an attorney. I am getting emails now, and I don't know how the hell this happens. They think my name is Seth. You know, you know, Seth. You should come down and like Seth. Where the hell did you get that? Yeah, I don't, I'm getting all these huh. offers for deals. You should come by. You got to come to our shop, Seth. What, Seth? I have no mm. idea. I just I don't know where because I have a nephew named Seth, but that his name isn't even Bernard. It's it's true. You know, it's Brant. I have to go through my junk mail about every couple of days because there's some oh, that the filter is wrong and that's oh. important stuff that I knew was coming and can't find it. And it's absolutely horrible. I don't even it's bother. Amazing. I I. Could not even tell you how much spam that's just like fermenting in there. Well, yeah, I, I go when you're operating it. with other businesses, you know, that's, that's, true. Yeah, that's the one that go in the spam. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like it, that's right. Like if you had emailed me, yeah. if I hadn't emailed you first, walzer.com sales marketing, yeah. and it goes into spam. Yeah, that's what, it, and that's what I, I, I read this recently. The spam emails where they're soliciting money from you, you know, right. the Nigerian right. princes yeah. or whatever it was, and stuff's misspelled. Um, a, there's two reasons for that, that they do that. There One are, is yeah. that they they don't want to waste their time with somebody that's going to jack around with them. They're looking for stupid people. Right. And right. also, some of they misspell words that will typically trigger spam filters, like uh, prize winner. They'll misspell oh, prize yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. That's mm. why they do that. It's kind oh, of clever. P-R-I-S-E? Yeah. <laughs> Give it that <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Duh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Duh. Prize is not spelled prize. Surprise. Yeah. So what do you do when you get, you've been to Columbia 22 times? 22 huh? times. That, since we first met in 2012. But yeah, yeah we recently we were there a month ago. Is it a direct flight? No. I didn't we, think so. No, Delta <laughs> goes through either uh, Atlanta usually go through there or JFK. I don't think direct flights exist anymore. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think if you wanted to go to Duluth, they'd still route you over to you know Michigan or something. It's already that, about a 17-minute flight anyway, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Well, that's my, one of my favorite Simpsons jokes is uh, they were flying uh, Delta to New York, I think. And Bart goes, why did we have to stop in Atlanta twice? And Marge goes, it's their hub. But <laughs> it's true. Every Delta flight goes through Atlanta, it's, it's no matter true. where you're going, and it makes no sense. It's their hub. Yeah. Who was the guy on Family Guy, that the conspiracy theorist? I haven't watched Family Guy. You know, you had the sunglasses, and he chain-smoked all the time. Are you, are you thinking of King of the Hill, Dale? King of the Hill, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an episode where uh, he wanted to break into... 
he was at the airport for a long layover, and he wanted to get into the the Admirals Club. Oh yeah. So he's chain smoking in the Admirals, and he's greeting out, "Hello, Admiral." Hello, Admiral. <laughs> nice. Rusty Shackelford, his uh, code name. Rusty <laughs> right. Shackelford. Yeah. I'm surprised you remember that. Uh, you only got one minute, so I have to ask one more question. Go ahead. Fire away. So as an attorney, if there were one person that you'd put in prison, who would it be? <laughs> wow. That's a good question, I think. I wouldn't answer it if I were you. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Dougie. No, no, it's fine. I, I can't, I can't, can't tell you who was on no, my mind. Yeah, exactly. He can't tell me I, who that I is. I can't tell you that, that person. Let's see, number two. Um. <laughs> I like it. It all works out in the end. All right, Dougie, good job. All right. Uh, yeah, I, was, I didn't hear until today you were coming in because, like I said, I hear it. So... Melissa, I hear his name every day about 15 times during my show, but I've never met him. Well, you haven't mentioned, what do you advertise for? Uh, for my law firm, Workers' Compensation. We were just Bielke Law. That. Well, I mean like the name Bielke of it. Law. Oh, yeah, Bielke Law. There you go, Bielke yeah. Law. It's Bielke Law. And, and what's the website? BielkeLaw.com. I can tell. Just B- ask me. I can tell you all. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I can tell you all what it is. So, well, B-I-A-L-K-E. Law.com. Oh, so the E. That's actually so, good to know because I had an I in there. there you Let's go. fix that. Insider info. Why did the the, the rep switch from Sandy to uh, Brian? Well, no comment. <laughs> I'm not sure how it, it was uh, with KQ. Okay. Sandy's no longer on the show. Yeah. And so then. Br- I brought him back, though, to do football. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I, I can't. I can't you know, it's the fifth time they fired him. Oh, right. They fired him like five times. Sanny. Why would you ever fire Sanny? Yeah, no, I love the guy. Yeah, and he's he, a great guy. So he was no longer on KQ, and uh, Brian Zepp well, is Zepp because every morning. the motorcycle connection makes a little yeah, more sense. Yeah. When, I remember when uh, Bob would mention that, it's like, you wouldn't know a Harley Davidson if it ran your Italian ass over. Well, that's probably <laughs> true. Probably true. Well, no, I can that's... give you the most commonly misspelled word from last year. Ooh, there you go. Let's see if it's the same. Uh, and I For will Minnesota tell you. specifically, oh, well, they have it. They have it. Super Bowl. They have each. <laughs> oh, that's cold. <laughs> they have each state's uh, uh, most misspelled word huh. on here, but it was quarantine. Huh. Quar? How do you misspell quarantine? Apparently, quarantine. K O R or C O R? No, like corn. Teen. Like corn, C O R N T E E. Is how people that's were spelling sad. it. Oh, no, but I'm gonna say exercise. Dave, we got no chance. Oh, that's nah. that's painful to hear. They, how do you misspell exercise? No, no. Uh, well, you probably put a C I mean, you, word. You, put you, this, you know, there's a C in there, but you like forget where so it's it goes. So E C. No, like X, and then no, sometimes I mean, people put a C right after after the X. Exercise, yeah. Yeah. Exercise, yeah. 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 Um, but that's the one I think it is. I have an ice cream headache. <laughs> and that wraps up <laughs> episode <laughs> 108 of Walter Automotive nice Group. Carson, yeah. <laughs> we're out of here.